From Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, August 3rd, 2012. This is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this is a very special Olympic edition. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> what, what? I don't know. I think that's it when sounded... the king enters oh. the royal court. I thought... well, what's is, there, is there an official Olympic fanfare? I don't think so. That's um, like global and not do, just specific to each. Do, 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 do. Or is that NBC? That's that's NBC's. NBC's. Yeah, that's American. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's all well, we I, care about. I think the I think the song they play when you graduate at high school graduation can apply. Isn't that like the go-to? I don't know. Olympics and graduation. No, that's the Moby song. Um, ba, ba, da, da, ba, 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 that's not ba, the Olympics. Ba, 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 ba. I'm saying it, it can probably it apply. Can, could be because uh, you're graduating. It's an American podcast, so you guys can get away with it. Can we just yeah. play round ball rock? And that be the Olympics? Yes. Yes. Okay. Here with me in our Orlando studios is. Very lovely Calvin Curley. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Jesse and Maya are not joining us today. What uh, a shame. Wow, wow. Uh, Maya uh, couldn't make it because we're recording at an unusual time. And Jesse couldn't make it because he is tanning on the Jersey Shore right now. <laughs> well, that is a lame excuse. I will say that I talked to Jesse earlier this week and he said... After a week on the Jersey Shore, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I can't be with you, but after a week on the Jersey Shore, I hope to come back with a lot of great content next week. <laughs> and true. loads of Ed Hardy t-shirts. <laughs> right. So it's research, really. Right. And, and joining us uh, from London, Ontario. No, London, England, <laughs> is our Olympic correspondent, Lloyd Kinsley. Welcome. Hello, everyone. So uh, that's the reason why we're recording at a weird time, because NBC is also tape delaying this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so Lloyd's over there uh, in London. Um, uh, tell, us, tell us the Olympic experience for somebody who lives in the city. Is it a lot of traffic? Have you been to any events yet? Um, I haven't been to any events yet. Uh, and in terms of traffic, we were warned months ago to you know take a, take a huge kind of chunk of time to get in. So leave uh, way, way early to prepare, you know, maybe speak to your bosses about going in later and leaving earlier. So far, I've had no problems whatsoever. So uh, that must mean that the London transport system have got this sorted, or I'm just very fortunate to go into a specific train line that doesn't have any kind of issues. I know that some people have a little bit issues with uh, some of the stations that are nearer the actual venues. Um, but it's it's great to see the city kind of just covered in in everything Olympic. So you kind of every train station has uh, all the branding, which originally obviously the design community had a few issues with. But actually seeing it in application, uh, I won't say I, I like it still, but it's it's got better. It's got better to kind of see it in a little bit of application. But um, yeah, we're all pumped. I, I, I've never been so pumped as uh, as I wasn't at the opening ceremonies uh, last week. Which I'd be interested to know, actually, from from an American perspective. What did you guys think about it? It was well received over here. Yeah, I mean, people liked it. It was uh, a lot of people said it was the best one yet. I, I mean, like anything with James Bond in it. So. <laughs> because it was hard. I think for us, like we're really proud of it because it felt very British. Right. But I guess for some countries, uh, it may have been hard to kind of interpret. You, Obviously, not not ones where kind of English is the main speaking language, but maybe. Well, maybe it was a little a little hard for the majority of the world since at some point in history you conquered all of those <laughs> countries and it just brought up sore feelings. Well, yeah, did you notice that it skipped that bit? Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't included in the presentation. Yeah. Are you guys Are you guys feeling pretty proud of your 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 uh, men and women so far? No. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Do you feel like you've not got to the sports that kind of are a bit more fun to watch, or I don't know. Britain's not doing that good. How do you guys feel about that? <laughs> Did uh, you? Our, our, the mayor of London. Uh, I don't know if you see much of him, Boris Johnson. He's a, he looks a little bit crazy, but he um he had like he was interviewed yesterday, and he said, "Oh, we're just holding back. We don't want to take all the gold yet, so we're just letting some other people get them first That was his response. Um, we we got some today. We we did okay today. We got some. Uh, we got the time trials with the with the guy who won the Tour de France, and we got the rowing, and uh, yeah, we, we did better today. But 
we weren't doing great, to be honest, for the first few days. But that's okay. That's okay. See, Americans will find this out in about six hours when we right. when we are great <laughs> with the opportunity to watch these the events. The, one of the goals that we got today was the pairs rowing for the women, yeah? And uh, of, of the two women, one of them only started rowing four years ago after seeing the last Olympics. And she's now a gold uh, Olympian. So I'm thinking, I'm looking around, looking at the sports, thinking <laughs> there's got to be something that Lloyd could get, become an Olympia in. There's got to be. Uh, and so far, I think handball's the winner. So I think maybe, you know, four years in Rio, me on Team GB. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> we would like show it. up and support you, Lloyd. I would, absolutely. <laughs> we would be there. We will live broadcast. <laughs> okay, well, not only having Lloyd here as our correspondent does it make it an Olympic-themed podcast today, we actually have an Olympian. Uh, we have a track and field Olympian, Lopez Lamont, uh, coming up later. He was born in South uh, Sudan. Uh, he was actually one of the lost boys uh, uh, who escaped child soldiering um, when he was a kid. Uh, came to the U.S. and is now an Olympian for the U.S. in track and field. Uh, and he'll be running the 5,000 meter event next week in London. Uh, so we're going to be talking to him coming up later. He's an amazing story. And then also on this week's show... We have an Olympic-themed, oh boy, <laughs> edition, edition of the next installment of Rambo of the Month. So Adam Smith joins us all the way from Sydney to bring us a very special Rambo, which may or may not have a lot to do with the Olympics. And it's so special that Jesse joins us, too. Oh, that's right, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so special, it left me speechless. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Calvin wasn't invited to the party. <laughs> He's still bitter. Um, so stay tuned uh, for that. I, I don't even want to move on. You know, we were torn. I mean, this is a great lineup. We have Lloyd. We have an Olympian. We have Rambo. We have it's a global event, <laughs> right? This is a global event this week. Mm-hmm. It's missing a little Yet, something. Yet we were torn. Should we even continue on <laughs> after last week's podcast? I voted right? no. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those like yeah, you once, wanted to wrap it up like right. Seinfeld. It's like you right. know, end on a high note. Exactly. No, they did not end on a high note. Right, but they wanted. They to. wanted to. Yeah, that right. was a joke. He just <laughs> left the room. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. Uh, after the John Tesh episode of the Relevant Podcast, your feedback was just fairly unanimous. Best ever. Stop now. Yeah. So. <laughs> We, uh, we apologize. We apologize we, that we're trudging we, on. We did not take your advice. <laughs> we are going to ultimately end up having a Seinfeld-esque finale to this to this yeah, show. Right. And it'll disappoint everyone. Right. And there's a good chance that I might pull a Sopranos ending, too, and just cut it off at some point in the middle. At some point. Actually, <laughs> well, the, the ending is this whole podcast was a dream. The, the whole seven the whole years. Time. This is the seven years. Yeah. yeah. So so we have quite the lineup in this month of celebrating seven years. We have the, the Tesh last week. Uh, an Olympic correspondent this week. Unlike the Daily Show where they put the British guy on a green screen in the same room, <laughs> yeah. we actually have a guy in London. I mean, right. come on. We're better than Daily yeah. Show. Yeah, take that, John Stewart. Uh, global event today's show is. Next week, we have an NBA athlete in the studio talking to him. The week after that is our seven-year anniversary show, which we have a lot of tricks up our sleeves. And then, and then after our anniversary edition... Very special. We have Chris Martin from Coldplay joining yeah. us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, that one's a joke. And he's going to play. Still- he's going to play Indie Band or Firecracker. Right. Right. You know who we should honestly get. I don't know if this person will have as much of a good, good-natured ribbing kind of dynamic. Toby Mac. We should get Toby Mac on the podcast. Toby Mac. I totally he think don't. we should get Toby Mac on the podcast. But but the thing is, is the thing that made John Tesh so great is he had fascinating stories, which Toby would. Of course. But he also could give as good as he got. You know, like I gave him, I, I ribbed him a little. I gave yeah. him a hard time, but he, he gave it back. Tesh rapped. Tesh rapped. Toby, Toby, Toby rap. raps. Yeah. It's true. But see, I don't know if Toby would give as good as he gets. You know what I'm saying? I think he might get a little defensive. I think that might be good for entertainment. It's true. It's true. I like it. Uh, But before all that, uh, your entertainment releases coming out on Tuesday, August 7th, Anthony and the Johnsons with Cut the World, Atlas Genius with Through the Glass, it's an EP, and our pick of the week coming back. back. They're back. Sixpence None the Richer with Lost in Transition. Here it is. You were something special. There was nothing simple about you. Right is wrong. I think that 
Wow, there you go. It's nice to hear them back. Why 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 do bands retire if five years later they're they're just gonna come back again? Why make a big announcement if you're just gonna come back in five years? Well, I think there was a movement of people walking down staircases in slow-mo <laughs> to the song Kiss Me. And I think they just thought that that would just go on forever. Yeah. I mean, it would just be self-perpetuating. Yeah. Um, and people stopped walking down staircases in slow-mo. With um, that song. Surprisingly. So they were like, well, we got to go back to the drawing board. Maybe we need to get Sixpence on and ask them, why did you retire? Why did you break up only to come back five years later? Yeah. We're right. glad you're back. Right. But, I mean, whatever happened to keeping your word? What's you know the what scoop? Saying? Yeah. Right. And is there any chance that Michael Tate will join your band in the near future? Well, I fully, I mean, if, if history has taught us nothing, Michael Tate will be the lead singer of the nude Sixpence on the Richer. <laughs> <laughs> right? I like yes. it. All right. Uh, movie release is coming out on Friday, August 10th. The Bourne Legacy. Starring people who are not Matt Damon. <laughs> it looks kind of good. Why is this no yeah. Matt Damon? Because he retired. No, but no let he, me ask this: Is he? He's coming back in five years with a new album, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so my, I was, I was incredulous when we saw this preview. I was like, Are they seriously trying to pull like a Darren Bewitch thing, where this guy kind of looks like Matt Damon, and so they're just going <laughs> to pretend like he's the same character of Born? But. Maya said, no, he's just, he was like another guy in the program. Yeah. Right. I think so. Well, then why call it Born? Because it's, it's like the Born After Effects. It's the Born Long Tail. So they're trying to capitalize on good movies. They're trying to capitalize on yeah. the name, mm-hmm. Born name. Uh, but I did hear a, uh, a story that Matt Damon might actually come in for the fifth movie, and they'd like buddy up. Like, like Six Months on the Richard? Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Michael Tate's in that movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's the villain, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, also coming out of the campaign, starring Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis and Jason Sudeikis. It looks amazing. It looks funny. I, I'm not sure if I can get behind the whole punching a baby thing. I kind of think it's funny, and then I, I kind of think... Calvin, I'm just going to throw this out there, though. Sure. I, in the actual filming of the movie, I don't think a baby was punched. No, I, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> and if you don't want to see if you don't want to see a fake born, if you don't want to <laughs> see punching babies, you can go see old people making whoopee in Hope Springs, starring oh. Meryl Streep wow. and Tommy no. Lee Jones. No, thanks. All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. This relevant podcast is brought to you by Liberty University Online. At over 80,000 students, we've been training champions for Christ since 1971. To learn more, go to onlineatliberty.com. You're listening to Animal Collective with the song Today's Supernatural. Supernatural animals and a collective of them. Yeah. Would be absolutely terrifying. How many animals do you need to quantify it or to qualify it as a collective? Four. It's just a minimum, a minimum of, four. of four. Any more than four, it's a collective. Are we talking interspecies? Uh, UK ruling is three. Oh. <laughs> but three would just be a group. Always. It would just be a group no. of animals. No. No? Three no. is a collective? I thought three was more of a gang. No, you're thinking of you're thinking of the Swedish ruling, which classes it as a trio. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Neon Trees with the song Teenage Sounds. <laughs> Don't want to get into what those sounds may or may not be. It's from their new album, Picture Show. Okay, it's time for Slices. Take it away, Lloyd. What do you have? So I have something which is uh, has a little bit to do with Star Trek, which I know, shock horror, Lloyd, Star Trek. Um, you're not a geek, are you, Lloyd? You're tying into last week's show because John Tesh was on Star Trek The Next Generation. K-Tesh. Uh, as a Klingon warrior named K-Tesh. He had a, he had, did he have like words? Did he have a, an actual part or was he just holding a blade and standing in the background? He had uh, two line or one line part in one episode but it was so significant so memorable he had his own trading card made mm-hmm. wow so um nasa is uh, starting to kind of show the first kind of footage of uh, the new martian rover that it's kind of picking up all this like footage going around what they found but rather than uh using some nerdy kind of scientist to explain it all they've got will shatner to do the uh the voiceover and um will wheaton which Trekkie fans will know um 
is also a, a regular. Yeah. But I think it's kind of cool because I think they know that. Did you, ever, did you guys see that guy who um, launched Angry Birds Space by doing that weird video in up in the space station? Because he was the most boring man ever. <laughs> I do not know. He tried, to, he tried to make Angry Birds, which is obviously quite entertaining to start with. He somehow made it sound like the dullest thing ever. <laughs> so I think they realized that. And now it's got these two, uh, two voiceovers, which is great. It's going to make me want to watch it. Why Shatner and, and then like Will Wheaton was like the, the kid from The Next Generation, right? The Ensign yes. or something? You got skills. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know it was Wesley Crusher. You're saying, "Oh, he was the kid." Wesley Crusher. You know exactly who he was. Right. Maybe, maybe, but maybe we haven't seen this because this is what NASA is doing for their international relations promotion, and people <laughs> like in the UK see this stuff. Here yeah. in the US, we can handle scientists and astronauts communicating with us, but in, they dumb it. They have to dumb it down for the international audience and use. No, celebrity. I wish that I wish that was the case, but I got that piece of info, information from CBS. So, uh, but you got yeah, you saw the international version of CBS. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different version. So, so your entire slice, your comeback slice after four years, it's nerdy. Is, Wait, is I, got an, I do have another one. All right, we. I think we need another one. Yeah, it's not. It's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, wait. It's brilliant. It's amazing. It's epic. Um, so there's this. There's this guy, a Dutch creationist. It's gay already. Oh, you're liking it. I heard um, about this. This who, is great. Yeah, he's 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 built what he says is a faithful reproduction of uh, Noah's Ark, um, and he even has replicas of nearly all of the animals that he could fit into. But it does not in any way uh, obviously sail, and he is he considered it to be obviously a museum. But it is the thing is huge; it's absolutely massive. But uh, he didn't use gopher wood, so I think it should be burned. <laughs> <laughs> it says here that he used creative license because they don't know what gopher wood is. Find out. That's weak. Yeah, if you're going to go through all that effort. So, yeah. so, so both of your slices were one sentence long. <laughs> well, I heard about the uh, the Noah's Ark thing. Don't they 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 do tours, right? Or it's like uh, you said, it's like a museum. Yeah. They have you. They bring you in. Do they bring you in uh, by uh, two by pairs, two? Two by two. Uh, no. Okay. Groups, groups of six, no children. So a collective, <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you have there, Calvin? <laughs> yeah, please make it better than those two. <laughs> well, I have an Olympics-themed slice, um, and uh, this is about a guy who is no Michael Phelps, um, a man who attempted a mission swim possible. The uh, so there's a a British Olympics enthusiast. I don't know if the man was British or if he's an enthusiast of the British Olympics, attempts to swim uh, from France to New York. He was British, but he was in France? Or he's a French enthusiast of the British Olympics. Okay, so he's a Frenchman who just really I'm going to need more concrete facts here. Yeah. <laughs> Team GB. I, I needed a couple more Oxford commas here to really understand the headline. <laughs> Um, but uh, the story says Olympic fever is really hard to shake. Uh, oh, yeah, for one British man, he was British. He was so enthused and excited that he attempted to swim from France to New York to bring the spirit of the London Olympics to America because that really would have helped. They say he's unnamed, but I assume he has a name, but it's just they're not naming him. <laughs> Maybe he's unnamed. Maybe he's unnamed and he was Maybe he was nobody hoping, loved him enough to give him a name. And he was hoping this one thing, ah, this will do it. This will make people love me. People will name Maybe me. I will get named after this. Well, sorry, uh, not so much. He did not make the 3,600-mile swim. How about get I, he I, got I out past say. the buoy. Yeah, he got out past the buoy. <laughs> the lifeguard called him back in. He got out so he couldn't feel his feet on the ground anymore. And he's like, <laughs> I changed my mind. Um, so a helicopter had to go out in the middle of the ocean and, and pick him up. Oh, how embarrassing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, how very British. Yeah. But uh, his attempt kind of made me think of examples of biting off more than you can chew. And for and I was maybe wondering if we wanted to discuss that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think, I think that discussion question a discussion would be yeah. a discussion would be good. Uh, for instance, bite, an example of biting off more than I can chew, uh, quite literally, I uh, once entered an eating contest. No, you didn't. I did. I was twelve-ish. Was it a church fair? No, I was with my dad and my stepmom in Texas, and we were at one of those like really, really countrified steak restaurants. Were you trying with, to impress a girl? No, I was not. Okay. Uh, this was right around that same stage as I mentioned in the last podcast where my dad was embarrassing me by trying to, to be my wingman. Mm. 
So I was in this really awkward phase, and there was like a steak eating thing, and literally it was uh, a steak as as big as my section of the table, and uh, I did not, I did not get very far at all. It was disgusting, and I got extremely sick. And uh, but we did package and up the steak and ate it for the remaining four weeks of the road trip. And helicopters oh. had to come pick you up. Pretty much, jaws of life <laughs> right. had to get me out of the restaurant. But how about you, Chad? Ever experienced were you, were you something chubby like that? when you were twelve? I was kind of chubby. Yeah, yeah, I was chubby when I was twelve too. Me too. That's when I got my nickname Lard. So I didn't know it was real. <laughs> so you, look at that. You turned your life around. You own that nickname. You created a brand. Too right, it. I owned it. <laughs> I made it awesome. <laughs> That's right. I like it. I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time. I mean, I know I have. Tell like your, what? What's your story, Lloyd? Uh, well, me, <laughs> this is a story that involves Jesse, so he can't be here to defend himself. Perfect. But um, we went. Do you know American Pie does that thing where it's is it 29 inch, 29 dollar pizza? But if you eat it within 29 minutes, you don't have to pay for it. Right. 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 Well, Jesse and I tried that. Because we'd seen people, well, they have those pictures on the wall in American Pie, and these people look stick thin. And we thought, well, if they can do it, we can easily do it because uh, we could both put away a fair bit. So I, I took the hit and I said, well, I'll do the crusts if you take the bulk of the meat. I, we, we, we chose to have meat on as an addition. I don't know why, because obviously that meant we had more to eat. And um, near the end, it, I, it got so dry, I was literally dipping the uh, crusts into my lemonade. You know, American Pie went out of business. I think it's because so many people tried to eat, do their thing. <laughs> Didn't really go out of business. Yeah, yeah, it's long gone. Yeah, I I'll think it, it went out of business not long after you left. Yeah, well, we didn't we didn't get to finish it, and uh, we were sat there just looking really disappointed. <laughs> but Jesse was giving me a ride home, and three times before we got to the car, he three threw up, <laughs> and then we had to pull over on before we got home so he could throw up. <laughs> I just held it in and didn't poo for like ten days. It's <laughs> good detail. It was awesome. It's good. That's <laughs> makes good it detail. real. Makes it real. It does he's painting a, a full picture? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess that'll do it for slices. That was the most uninformative slices. Surely, Lloyd, you can bring us an Olympic slice. Do you have any Olympic news, anything unique that that the London press is talking about that the international press hasn't? Um, it, it, well, I, again, this is this is quite funny because our London, you know, I told you about our London mayor. He's kind of like a a, a Mr. Bean, but with who doesn't stop talking. Um, but he's a bit of a kind of a bumbling, uh, typical. You know, kind of public school dignitary. Lunar. So, is he like Mister Topham Hat from Thomas the Train? <laughs> Pretty much. Does he wear a top hat and a sash? No, but that's because he's got hair like straw. He does look a bit like a a kind of rotund scarecrow. Oh, okay. Painting a picture. But he as he keeps trying to do things to make himself look cool during the Olympics. And today he tried to go down a zip wire and it got stuck halfway for for quite a long time. So I'm guessing that will not make international press because it's <laughs> obviously the mayor of our beautiful city. Um, but he he constantly makes quite a, a fool of himself. But they're saying they want him to be prime minister. So I don't know what that means. Maybe we've lost it as a nation. <laughs> I don't know. How come nobody's there? So on the on the TV. Like all the seats oh, that's, are empty. That's so frustrating. I, I, we, with them, I mean, they're saying in the news that it's it's more down to the fact that those were it, one or two things. Either it's the seats that originally were sold at, the, at too high price, so they were kind of two hundred and fifty pounds because they're front row seats, uh, and there just wasn't people who were willing to pay that money. Or the the rest of the, the kind of gaps are corporate seats that were bought out by sponsors for a block of kind of um, suits, and they're just not showing up. They're not turning up. So. Um, they do have a couple of things uh, in motion in terms of how they're going to resell them and how they're going to make them available, which is uh, is my big hope for kind of seeing a few more events because we we're hoping to kind of get some last-minute bargains and just jump into a few things. Because to be honest, I didn't know how cool handball was until I started watching it. But um, yeah, I, I really am enjoying stuff like handball. I mean, even even some of the dive, <laughs> diving events, synchronized diving. I didn't think I'd spend an afternoon watching that, but I did on Sunday, so... It, it makes you realize there's a lot more sports out there than you kind of uh, than you think you'd enjoy. But all right, that'll do it for your slices and Olympics update. Stay tuned. Up next, Rambo of the monthly quarter. Let me prove it. You and I were the same. Live and die were the same. Hear my voice, know my name. You and I were the same. Like a pharaoh, sing like a sparrow, hey.
Here's a summer deal you won't want to pass up. For a limited time, when you subscribe to Relevant, you'll receive a free Hello Somebody watch. Subscribing to Relevant gets you six print issues, all access to the magazine online, plus four exclusive Relevant collection albums. And you'll get the watch from Hello Somebody, a great organization that exists to provide sustainable projects and restorative care to improve the lives of children in need. Take advantage of this offer now at relevantmagazine.com slash free watch offer. You're listening to the Avet Brothers. The song is Live and Die from their upcoming album, The Carpenter. But the song couldn't be more appropriate for the segment that we are entering, Live and Die. It is time for our very timely, always on the button, on the nose, monthly <laughs> Rambo of the Month. We haven't come close to hitting no, a monthly. No, no, no. We did better this time. Before I think we should still call it Rambo of the Week and it just be sporadic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before it was Rambo of the quarter. Now it's Rambo of the seven-week window, and uh, we're getting better. So I'm proud of what, us. What if we call it the monthly Rambo of the week? <laughs> I like it. Uh, welcome to the we're podca- operating on the Mayan calendar here. People. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, uh, all the way from Sydney, Australia. Adam Smith. Hello, everybody. Okay, so uh, new listeners who are clearly, you know, they hit subscribe on the old podcast, you know, for the Tesh episode. Right. And uh, they stuck around, one more downloaded in their iPod, and they're, uh, they saw in the description Olympian and Rambo. Yeah. They're listening. Uh, so th- for those people who don't know what this is, is back in the day, Adam and, and Jesse were here uh, before they abandoned us here in Orlando <laughs> in the studio. And, and and they they would come up with things at lunch. You know, they would uh, they they would come up with ideas for movies, uh, different different things. And one of the ones that stuck was they would write Rambo scripts uh, for, for for potential Rambo movies that needed to be made but hadn't yet been. And so uh, after Adam left, he after it went offline for a while, he resurrected the Rambo of the week, and uh, and basically writes Rambo scripts. And so he calls us. To catch us up on the latest exploits of Rambo tells us the next installment of the Rambo movie series. Did I do adequate justice to that description? I, I would say so, yeah. I mean, uh, essentially, I went off to find my fortune with these these Rambo films. <laughs> uh, some would argue I should have chosen a filmmaking mecca um, <laughs> rather than... Rather than say Sydney, or before that New Zealand. I mean, I, you know, New Zealand's a filmmaking mecca, not so much where you want to shop scripts around. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't like to do things the the obvious way, right? You know? Right. In and, the spirit of Rambo, right? Right. That's right. It's a you know, it's a a plucky underdog against impossible odds. That's how I see it. <laughs> well, and, and just speaking of Rambo, and I know Cameron, you mentioned the Olympics. A lot of people uh, should be made aware of Rambo's competing in the Olympics under the flag of the nation of Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> in the opening ceremonies, I didn't catch it. Did he do the walk wearing a little sailor cap and outfit like the other countries, or did he participate in the opening? Red ceremonies? bandana and black tank top, I believe. Right, Adam. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that uh, he was wearing his his usual garb, but he he probably rode in on a winged motorcycle. <laughs> but it's uh, it's amazing because uh, I actually I actually have a. Um, an Olympic-themed Rambo. Oh. Oh, wow. Very, ap- very appropriate. Beautiful. Please tell me it involves the torch being lit with a flaming arrow. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Just you wait, my friend. Okay. All right. This, this, is, uh, this is actually you know, quite accurate to uh, uh, its description of Rambo's actual Olympic performance. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, clearly uh, w- w- the people are waiting with bated breath. We've been building an anticipation all week long on on Twitter. Uh, Adam, let's let's hear it. The next installment of the Rambo saga. Thank you. Well, the, folks, this uh, this installment is actually Rambo thirteen, the Beast of Ten Thousand Faces. <laughs> <laughs> right. And in in keeping you know 
with the the spirit of timeliness, the film opens on the London Olympics. <laughs> and uh, we see a leotard wearing Rambo who appears to be warming up for a gymnastics floor routine. <laughs> right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> And so we hear an announcer in a voiceover. He says, and now Rambo prepares for his final routine, which will decide the overall gold medal for the entire Olympics. <laughs> Can that voice be John Tesh, please? <laughs> yeah, I think it ought to be. What, what you ought to do is see if you can get him back on just to do that voiceover part. <laughs> he, he literally called the 92 and 96 Olympic gymnastics events. Right. Yeah. So it just makes well, perfect sense. It would, it would be entirely appropriate. <laughs> So uh, Rambo takes a few deep breaths, right? You know, tension builds. Here it comes. He he starts to run across the floor. He turns several back handsprings and then just shoots into the air, right? And the camera starts following him upward. And as he's flying up, a parallel bar kind of comes into frame. He grabs it, turns several revolutions on it, releases and somersaults up through the air again, right? <laughs> as he's flying upward. He pulls a bow seemingly out of nowhere and shoots a bullseye as he flies past a target, right? <laughs> Still flying through the air, he pulls a shotgun from behind his back and blasts several clay pigeons that come whizzing into the frame. <laughs> as he reaches the peak of his jump, a basketball hoop appears from the top of the frame. He pulls two basketballs from behind his back, jams them through the hoop, and shares the backboard before starting his descent, right? <laughs> now, as he's falling towards Earth, he hurls a discus hammer and javelin off screen in rapid succession, then twists, flips, and triple gainers his way into a pool without making a splash. <laughs> then he rises to the surface of the pool, like walking on the water, holding a bar laden with just an impossible number of weights, and the crowd erupts in thunderous applause. <laughs> They rush to the floor, they hoist Rambo onto their so shoulders, and you know, they take him over to the, the podium. And a, a stately elderly gentleman approaches, perhaps with a monocle. He says, as head of the Olympics committee, I declare Rambo the winner of the entire Olympics, both now and in perpetuity, and hereby decree that all future Olympics are obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> so he has essentially eradicated the institution of the Olympic there's Games. No more, with there's no body. more need for them. There's no more need for the Olympics. The Olympics were, you know, a, a, a test and a display of human athletic achievement, and Rambo has has reached the zenith of that, as it were. <laughs> Frankly, that's how I feel about this podcast after the John Tesh episode. So, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably on the on the yeah. This is a know, drop the yeah. mic and walk away situation after this. <laughs> yeah, we, honestly, we probably shouldn't go on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just record this to humor me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the, the crowd puts Rambo on the podium. And uh, as the American flag is hoisted for the, the medal ceremony, uh, the Scorpions rock you like a hurricane is played in lieu of the Star Spangled Banner. Of course. <laughs> and so Rambo's standing there on the podium and it pans over and the general is standing there in the silver medalist position. <laughs> and as, as he speaks, both he and Rambo are leaned down and are presented with medals. And the general says, Rambo, we have a problem. Aliens have invaded Earth and they've taken over the White House. And Rambo says... You'll have to find someone else, General. I've broken every world record at this Olympics except one. My past. So, wait, wait. I got to ask real, real quick. The General simply was trying to come give Rambo an assignment, yet found himself being awarded the silver medal, and he accepted it. I, th I think we have to assume that the general somehow merited that silver medal. <laughs> this was all a part of a, like, Rambo is so hard to find in his life outside of combat that the general the, his only choice was to silver medal in an Olympic event in the Olympics not <laughs> not in an Olympic event in the Olympics overall. Just, so, to, just to be momentarily beside Rambo to get him the yes. You know, I think it actually, it actually kind of begs a question. Like it, it really, it hints at a very interesting backstory that the general is evidently athletic enough to silver medal in the overall category of the Olympics. At any rate, uh, <laughs> the general's still pleading with Rambo. He says, you don't understand, Rambo. These aliens are shapeshifters. They can take any form. 
Rambo turns to General raising an eyebrow and says, even yours? So then Rambo <laughs> proceeds to just brutally beat the general to death <laughs> and then hurl his body across the room. Uh, and, you know, as as he's beating him to death and throwing his body across the room, it's it's obvious that the um, the body is a poorly constructed dummy with a shockingly crude styrofoam alien head attached to it. Right. So then the scene cuts back to Rambo still atop the podium after he hurls the, the general's body. So, which was a shape shifting alien, <laughs> which was a shape shifting alien. The camera pans to his left to reveal the general standing in the bronze medal position, also wearing a medal, right? And he says, good work, Rambo. You knew right away that that general was an alien imposter, and I'm the real general. Now, will you help us save the world from these alien invaders? What kind of Olympic champion would I be if I didn't, real general, Rambo asks. A poor one, the real general responds to Rambo's obviously hypothetical query. (laughs) But how will you make it to the White House in time? I'll use the power of gymnastics, Rambo replies. So from here, the scene cuts to a steamy Southeast Asian jungle. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) A caption at the bottom of the screen reads, The White House. (laughs) So suddenly Rambo flies into frame on a bobsled. Though only moments before he had vowed to use gymnastics as a mean of tra- means of transportation, can, can the bobsled be be painted with the Jamaican flag? <laughs> I had assumed it would be. <laughs> so Rambo, you know, it doesn't really address this oversight with the the bobsled, but Rambo leaps out of the bobsled and begins to fly, arms outstretched. And strangely, jet engine noises are emanating from him, right? And below him, we see hundreds of militiamen begin to flee in terror as they're strafed with tracer rounds. Though when we see Rambo, he appears to be unarmed, so we can only assume that he's he's firing these from his body somehow. <laughs> so the strafing run continues for about a full 25 minutes, with alternating shots of militiamen running for cover as round after round rains down on them, and point of view shots from Rambo's perspective as you know as he's flying around bearing down on them, and. Digital crosshairs are evident in the point of view shots from Rambo. <laughs> of course. <laughs> As if he has some sort of Terminator eye. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so he finally lands and he spends the next 70 minutes running through the jungle and slaughtering militiamen who put up absolutely no visible resemblance <laughs> or, or resistance, right? He makes his way to this Quonset hut. And it has a crudely painted sign that says Oval Office. So he bursts in and he finds two men dressed as Benjamin Franklin, right? And they stand up and one of them says, one of us is the real president and one is an alien imposter. But which one? So Rambo ponders this for a moment, then thrusts his hands out simultaneously and rips both Franklin's hearts from their chests. Right? Guess it's time for a new election, Rambo says, smirking. Then he thinks for a second and looks dissatisfied and says, no, no, wait, hell to the chief. <laughs> so he, he's sitting there looking really proud of, uh, of his quip as the ano- anonymous young man enters and uh, puts a hand on his shoulder. He says, looks like that's the end of those pesky aliens, Rambo, but I've got some bad news. And he points to the horizon and the camera pans over to reveal a half buried statue of Liberty. And he says, it was earth the entire time. <laughs> Rambo screams and the scene freeze frames. This is the theme from X-Files plays over the credits. <laughs> <laughs> and I would assume that at the end of this, there would be, you know, a title card reading the end question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it kind of took a sci-fi twist this round. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit unexpected. That's a, see, that's what makes it uh, a great movie is the the unexpected twist ending. But if you're a yeah. sports fan, you're going to love the beginning too. What? So it's got, you, what the, it's if you're a sports fan, yeah, you're what gymnastics? For the, the real thing it lacks is romance. But any women that would be interested in seeing a romance film are obviously going to love a Rambo film because it's oh, Rambo, yeah. right? Well, yeah, the the romance is implied because it exists between Rambo and the viewing audience. 
<laughs> so you you literally you have every genre covered except obviously for comedy. Well, in the yeah, Western, and, Western. And yet thus far, movie studios have not returned my phone calls. <laughs> po- possibly after out all, of intimidation. After all these years. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been trying pretty yeah. steadily. What since I left America, the last four years, uh, to get one of these things greenlit. And uh, I mean, I have to put it down to jealousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it just development purgatory is what they call that. You know, did the uh, you know the Expendables two is coming out? When when do, oh, yes. when when does that hit Australia? I'm pretty sure the same time it hits oh. in in the states. Wow, that's exciting for you yeah. guys. You know, they uh, they do a lot of Sydney is a big place for for movie premieres. Um, you know, typically when they do a big red carpet premiere, they'll they'll do it in like you know, New York and London. And Sydney tends to be the place in the Southern Hemisphere where they'll do the big red carpet premiere. So it's entirely possible that the man himself, Sylvester Stallone, will be here. Right. And maybe just maybe I could make it to the the Sydney premiere of The Expendables and uh, put one of these scripts in his hand. Basically, you just need to think like the general, because the general always seems to be able to sidle up at unexpected moments. Well, I think probably if I uh, if I just dressed as the general, Stallone would revert to uh, you know to his his previous Rambo state, and, yeah. and he'd probably just accept it. You know, <laughs> especially if I framed it as a mission. You know, like like you know, like, to save the world from terrorism, you need to get this movie greenlit. <laughs> It's awesome. Oh, well, yeah. you know what? If we learn nothing with last week's podcast, uh, if if we sing, if we put our listening audience on a singular goal on Twitter, Anything we is we possible. can move mountains. Anything is possible. Dreams, so, dreams can come true. That's right. <laughs> if John Tesh taught us nothing, that's right. Um, so you know, maybe what we need to do is is go after Stallone. <laughs> what, if what, we, what I would like to see is for Stallone to either guest write one of these Rambo sequels or potentially. To read one on the podcast. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> well. That would be the pinnacle. There's your challenge, listeners. No, that would be another pinnacle because we've already reached the, <laughs> the capital T pinnacle, the pinnacle. Yeah, that's uh, that's like basically getting back to base camp after summiting Everest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're still pretty far up there, but you know, you're just on top of Everest. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe we need to do that. Let's look at. Let's see if Stallone has a Twitter feed because that's the best way to get in right. touch with these people we found. Right. Uh, maybe we'll do that. All right. That was fun. Thanks for uh, the uh, the latest installment in the Rambo saga. Um, tune in in another six or nine six, weeks, six to fifteen weeks for the ram- for the next Rambo of the month. Yeah, some, sometime next year. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah, tune in next month for the next Rambo of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, track and field Olympian Lopez Lamong. You're listening to David Byrne and St. Vincent with who? <laughs> Lopez Lamong is a South Sudanese-born American track and field athlete, one of the lost boys of Sudan. Lamong came to the U.S. at the age of 16 and became a U.S. citizen in 2007. His real birth date is January 5th, 1985, but like all lost boys who came to the U.S. without paperwork, his official birthday is listed as January one. Lamong has become a leader in the athletic community, even carrying the U.S. flag in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. He's also started a foundation that helps raise aid and awareness of the needs in South Sudan, and he runs with Team World Vision. Lamong will run the men's 5,000-meter event next week in London. He also has just released the book, Running for My Life, on Thomas Nelson. Our very own Roxanne Weeman recently spoke to him. Here is Olympian 
Lopez Lamont. How does your faith in God kind of influence your decisions and influence your foundation and influence the way that you're working there in Sudan? I believe in God, you know, I'm here because God rescued me. God gave me our second chance. You know, God basically kept me alive until today. I can be able to tell the story because there was a lot of people, a lot of kids, you know, my my friends and my colleagues and stuff like that. They, they could not be able to, like, make me their life in here. And I, I, became, I became the first one so I can be able to tell my story in behalf of them. You know, the faith to me is, you know, it's part of me, you know, and what I'm trying to do, like, I'm just, I'm using my talent that God gives me to be able to multiply as much as I can to give back, you know, to the uh, to the people who are, who are, like, could not be able to get that opportunity. And the faith to my family who adopted me is like, you know, you have to have God in you to bless you, to be able to open your house. That's going to be a stranger, a kid who are who grew up in refugee camp, you don't even know the picture, you don't even see the picture of this person, this is like that. And it was God who just basically tell them that, hey, give this kid opportunity, give this kid one more chance, you know, and open your house, adapt them, you know, help them as much as you can, teach them and give them, you know, the skills that you did not have, like, you know, part of the schooling and things like that. You know, and, you know, God, God is always, you know, walking with me and I cannot do anything without God blessing. You know, I cannot run a step without, you know, God giving me that strength to be able to run and, and be happy. And I'm, I'm doing this for, for the people who are, could not be able to run anymore, you know, who are already dead and just like that. And, you know, so I'm their voice. What made you decide to start a foundation that focused on education and nutrition and water? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's so hard for me to be able to see, to look back, to see like my family never, you know, never went to school, you know. And being in America, it's like school is like a must. You, everybody has to go to school. And that is amazing because that is the of like you can be able to give somebody an gift of knowledge. And then basically the second thing is like, you know, with the water, because it's, you know, I feel so bad for to be able to see, you know, my mom walk for miles and miles to go get, you know, clean water. And, you know, and and here in America, I just go basically to my faucet and, and turn my faucet in, like clean water is right there. You know, why, why other people have to go through all these like, you know, hardships and have to walk miles to be able to go to the clean water. You know, and healthcare, on the other hand, it's just like things, small things like malaria and things like that is still killing people out there, you know, and, you know, you know, dirty water, like, you know, people drink water where the cows are drinking water as well and things like that. The water is very contaminated. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's not to be able to teach people about, you know, how we can be able to prevent that and be able to bring a small medicine to, to them to be able to cure for this, like, Medicare, like, you know, like malaria and other, like, you know, uh, things from infected diseases that they are around them. I, I am from this village, you know, I'm from South Sudan. I'm, I'm you know, these are my, these are my people and this like that, well, you know, I, I don't want them to be able to lose life because of a small, uh, curable disease like like that, you know, and that's why I focus on uh, healthcare as well, you know, and, and things like that. And, and the fourth thing, basically nutrition. Nutrition is the most important thing because, you know, you can teach a man to fish, you know, for a day, and then that man be able to kind of like, you know, learn how to fish by themselves the rest of their life, you know. So, so for us, for me, it's like, you know, I would like to bring things like, you know, uh, education into how they, they can be able to plant, you know, their grains and, you know, food and things like that to be able to, like, beat the uh, the hunger. They don't have to, like, you know, raise their, their eyes up, you know, for the for the plane to come and drop the food to them. 
that's that's why we, I'm focusing on those four things because those four things are like you know the most essential thing for the human being. So um, that's what basically dropped me to stand my foundation because you know as an athlete, I have a, a platform to be able to tell my story in such a way like I don't want to just tell my story, you know what I overcome in my life, but I wanna I wanna be able to like to tell the story. What am I doing to my life right now? What you know, I need to be able to other people to benefit from what I got from America, what I, you know, the friends that I have from America who are helping me and, you know, teaming up with me to be able to, like, uh, benefit, you know, help the people in Africa and to be able to kind of get in their, their feet and, you know, to basically produce their own food and wait, wait for us to be able to go rescue them. So what's what's next after the Olympics? I know you're you're gonna go to South Sudan. Um, what what else are you gonna keep keep running? Are you gonna really focus on your foundation? Um, are you gonna be training people? Oh, you, you know I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep running until until basically God say you, you need to stop right now. You know um, I want to run for something important. You know I want to run to be able to tell the story, to tell like, you know, people to rally around my foundation, you know, to give back where we can be able to expand that blessing to other other parts of the world. And, you know, for me, like, you know, I would like to keep running. If I, if I cannot be able to run back uh, anymore, I would like to, uh, you know, of course, focus on the foundation and also uh, give, uh, basically triple down my blessings in running to be able to support other, you know, young people and, Maybe like you know, uh, elders and like you know, adults and it's like that. We could not be able to like even run a step. I would like to be able to use my 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 story to motivate them and being a role model to them and also help them in you know to be able to beat their obstacles. I beat my obstacle by running away, you know, from the heart, you know, from the the people who want to kill me, from people who want, want to treat me as a child soldier. Things like that. So I I made it all the way here. Now I need to be able to teach and coach other people to be able to like overcome their obstacles that they may, they may have. But the most the ultimate goal at this moment is to run and run and run as much as, as long as I I can, and to bring medals into this you know to this country who gave me opportunity and and represent the United States with the fullest. I, I don't want to just keep my my running talent. In, inside me, I want to be able to trickle down to other people and let other people to benefit from it as well. That was Lopez Lamong. Check out his book, Running for My Life, at lopezlamong.com. You're listening to Milo Green. The song is 1957. It's a really good album. It is. We recommend it in the next issue of Relevant. It's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you to tell us when your parents have crossed the line and gone too far for you. Uh, Calvin told the story of, of a mom the daughter was getting her senior photos taken and the mom was there cheering her on and smile big and in public. And it was very embarrassing for the daughter, but the mother was good intentioned and she just wanted her daughter to have a good picture. So, you know, but, but you know, the the daughter's mortified. And so, you know, it just got us thinking, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all had times where our parents have just gone too far, uh, uh, trying to be good parents and, we want to hear your stories. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you uh, posted some on our Facebook page as well. Here's a few of our favorites. I like this one from uh, the Relevant Podcast page on uh, relevantmagazine.com slash podcast. 
<laughs> um, this one's by Christina Curie, which her last name is two letters off from mine, so probably a distant relative. Uh, Christina says, this actually happened to my brother, not me, but my brother and I both are part of the worship team at my church, and one day he started dating this girl who was a really great singer. Uh, great detail. We invited her to join us, and everything went well at practice. The next day, my father introduced her as <laughs> the new member of our band and hopefully a new member of our family <gasps> soon. <laughs> That's they, awesome. They'd, wow. they'd been dating for only three weeks. Wow. Okay, along the same lines. That would be so awkward. Along the same lines about parents trying to handpick the, the, the dating relationships, Queen on the... The episode page said, uh, my sister was seriously dating a guy, a handsome, respectable, stable job, Christian man, which apparently was not good enough because my parents decided they didn't like him. So my mother took matters into her own hands, went on Facebook, private messaged my sister's no. old boyfriend from college. No. She had graduated two years earlier. And, she, and the mom told him not to say anything to her. And then she told him that they loved him, were proud of him, and hoped that he would get back together with my sister. She ended the message with, enjoy the steaks, because the mom had uh, sent him a box of Omaha steaks. No way. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> no, and normally, Omaha steaks seal the deal, I think. Hey, enjoy the steaks. It's all yeah. you need. Right. Yeah. Um, a Justin David Pick had this to say. This happened to my roommate a few weeks ago. Oh, a few weeks ago. So this is uh, very recent. His 25th birthday was on a Friday. Now, keep in mind, he is a college graduate. He has a degree in engineering, works for a well-paying company, and lives an hour from his parents' house. As the day is winding down, he starts thinking of his weekend plans, when all of a sudden, he hears this voice of his mom and dad and younger brother all singing, Happy birthday, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. His mom had baked 70 cupcakes and decided to surprise him at work. She then made him take her around to all his coworkers and pass out the rest of the cupcakes. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, most of them were so excited about the free cupcakes that they decided not to harass him uh, too bad the following Monday. <laughs> but oh my gosh, that is, that is definitely going too far, Mom. Yeah. Welcome to adulthood. Bryson is a guy, and uh, he says his parents chaperoned his eighth grade graduation dance, which was his oh. first real dance. <laughs> so no. he was nervous. During the slow song, which he was already stressed about, he caught them videotaping him and the girl he was dancing uh. with from about 15 feet away, uh, as did his dance partner. And then while leaving the dance, they insisted on getting a picture of him and the, and the girl for memories. Ooh. Yeah. Awkward. No, Mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the rest of the... See, we, we had fairly limited feedback last week because 99% of the feedback we got was about John Tesh. Right. People couldn't bring themselves to answering the question of the week. They, just, <laughs> they were so in the afterglow. We should have just straight up asked them, what was your favorite sentence that John Tesh said on today's podcast? I'm pretty sure my favorite moment was when he told the story of playing beach volleyball with Yanni. In Dude, a speedo. I can't. I was watching beach volleyball as an Olympic event the other night, and you're just imagining. And all Yanni I'm out all there. I'm seeing is John Tesh in his little 1980s shorts, and uh-huh. and Yanni in his green speedo. speedo. Mm. Five foot four Yanni, six right. foot nine John Tesh. It ruined the sport for me. And I like how they're jabbing new age jokes at each other. Yeah, yeah, that no one else would get. Right, it's incredible. <laughs> I wonder if. Uh, never mind. <laughs> what I'm trying to self. I'm trying to self edit. Why we got it? We got a producer for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just gonna say something about like I wonder if like they had Enya on the sidelines as a cheerleader or something. Do you remember the first time you heard Enya? I do. I don't remember it at all. Does that make me empty as a person? Yes. Yes. If you haven't had a memorable Enya moment, <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't really lived. Not yet. Yeah. But yeah. one I'm day, I'm gonna put it on repeat all week so that something memorable happens and coincides with an Enya track. See, one of the major regrets that I have about the process of uh, my wife giving birth this past November. I'm sorry, you have a regret about that. Yeah. Well, this is the one thing that Enya was not playing during the birth. It would have been so magical. Was anything playing? Uh, she, yeah, we had a Beyonce playlist. <laughs> Beyonce. Yes, she did. You did not. Wow. Your son yes. was not born to Beyonce. He was born to Beyonce. I am not joking. Mine was born to Lionel Richie. No word of a lie. Wow. M- mine was conceived to Lionel Richie. Not Damn. dancing on the ceiling because that would creep me out. Was it but, hello? <laughs> no, it was true. I think it was truly. 
How does that one go? Truly. I know. Truly. I love you. Truly in love with you, girl. I could do the whole song, but <laughs> I won't. So your kid was really born to that? I think so, yeah. I, 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 yeah. See, my, my wife secretly wants our, our son to marry Blue Ivy. Mm. So I think that's why she was trying to set the world, Plant set him on that early. pathway trajectory, by yeah. trajectory by playing a Beyonce playlist when he was born. It makes sense. Yeah. I didn't want my son to marry Nicole Richie, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. So there, there's a couple concurrent themes in this podcast, aside from just Olympic fever and Brits. Uh Overcoming, conquering, you know, persevering—that seems to be coming through. You know, uh, we had the slice about the guy who, just out of passion, wanted to swim from <laughs> France to New York. <laughs> he did not overcome, but uh, he wanted to. Uh, Lopez Lemong overcame great obstacles uh, to to become an Olympian and to not die. Um, Rambo overcame Rambo overcame huge obstacles everything. in that movie. Oh yeah, that Adam continually. Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we want to know, what one fear would you like to conquer? What one fear would you like to conquer? In Lloyd's case, the fear of pigs. Pigs. <laughs> hey, that's not true. I'm not afraid of them anymore. <laughs> some Lionel Richie was on. You know, some Inya. Truly. <laughs> what one fear would you like to conquer? You got one there, Lloyd? I don't think I'm afraid of any particular like uh, situation in terms of like heights or depths or anything like that, but I'm afraid of failing. Mm. I'd like to overcome that. Is it a conscious thought, the fear of failure? Yeah. Really? I I don't mean in like small things. I mean in big things, like failing as a dad or... I just went deep, didn't I? (laughs) No, no, it's real though. I mean, people can tell us this stuff. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean, like... if thinking of like, the thought of failing long term as a dad scares me more than any you know I could I'd, I'd easily jump out of a plane right now or jump in with sharks that doesn't bother me but the idea of doing something that long term meant that my children didn't like me or something that 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 messes with me that scares me so I'd like to overcome that but but do you feel that I mean the thing about that is that nothing's permanent, right? I mean, even if you mess up as a dad, that doesn't mean you failed. You can always restore no. trust and relationship. No, yeah. I mean, not that it would be easy, but I mean, there's no, I guess there's no permanency to any aspect of failure. I mean, just look at Sixpence None the Richer. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you just come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a break and you come back. Reinvent yeah. yourself. Right? Write some new music. And you're back. You're back. I mean, everybody should fail. At some point, I, I mean, a person who hasn't failed in something to me is a person who hasn't lived yet. Mm. They don't know what they're talking about. They haven't experienced the full spectrum of the human experience if they haven't failed. If you haven't tried something big enough that you failed at it, I mean, go try something bigger. Dream bigger with your life. Go for something. You should fail. I think you should fail. Now, I agree, not with your kids. I mean, or with heights. Yeah, don't fail yeah. with heights. <laughs> but I'm saying go for it. I mean, yeah. take the risk. And, it, if it doesn't work out, it, you learned, right? And then you just try something else the next time. I, if you do fail with your kids, I mean, you can always just buy them a, a five-pound steak and mm-hmm. win them back instantly. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you could buy 70 cupcakes and take it to their... <laughs> 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 what one fear would you like to conquer? That's what we want to know. So head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Tell us yours there. You can also tell us on our Facebook page or you can tweet us at Relevant Podcast. Although it'd be tough to put your greatest fear in 140 characters or less, I would think. I'd like to see you try. <laughs> Many thanks to Lopez Lamong for talking to us. Um, check him out in the men's 5,000 meter event in the Olympics. He also just released the book Running for My Life, which is available everywhere. And thanks to Adam for calling in from uh, Australia. This has really been a global event this yeah. week's mm-hmm. podcast. Jesse. And, and Jesse for calling in from the Jersey Shore. I had Chinese food for lunch, so... <laughs> <laughs> I had Mexican. So there you go. We're like a, the Epcot Center. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is the Epcot Center of podcasts. Yep. <laughs> and uh, many thanks to Lloyd Kinsley for joining us as our London correspondent, giving us the locals' inside perspective on the games, which accounts, uh, which basically amounted to we're not so mad at the logo anymore 
traffic isn't as bad <laughs> as they said. Yeah. And I don't like the statue in the middle of the Olympic yeah. Park. Well, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound very intelligent. <laughs> but. Well, that's a lot of information that I didn't know prior to this yeah, podcast. That, well, I would that's I an perspective. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a lot of... Inf- it's real. I wouldn't say it's a lot of information. I would just say it's information. <laughs> All right, well, and then we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Calvin. <laughs> I'm Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. for listening to the relevant podcast go follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and for more great content check out relevantmagazine.com. yeah tune in next month for the next rambo of the week